Welcome to the Dark Whales Tours podcast with me, Matthew Rose. As the days grow longer and we emerge out of the darkness of winter, it is the time of year when traditionally people began to celebrate new life and hope. It is, of course, Easter time. There have been many customs, traditions and superstitions that have grown around this time of year. And on this more light-hearted episode, I will delve into some of the Welsh traditions and customs observed at this time, along with exploring the way the world celebrates the days of Easter time, from Maundy Thursday to Ascension Day, 40 days after Easter Sunday, a day that was also sacred to the Romans. I will also look into the origin of the most peculiar symbol of this festival, the Easter Bunny, originally called the Easter Hare. Easter is considered the most important festival in the Christian calendar. The time when Christians remember the stories of the last few days of Jesus Christ, the Last Supper, Jesus being crucified on the cross and then rising from the dead three days later. The origin of Easter, however, actually predates Jesus. The pagans of Europe celebrated this time of year as a time of fertility and plenty, emerging out of the dark, desperate days of winter and welcoming new life in spring. The Anglo-Saxons dedicated this time to the goddess Uster, the goddess of fertility. We actually get the word Easter from this goddess. The early Christians called it Pasha, taken from the Jewish festival of Passover. It is also from the myth of Uster, where we start to get the early origins of the Easter hare and the giving of eggs as presents. The myth states that one day Uster found a wounded bird and to help it survive the coming winter, she turned it into a hare. After the hare had survived winter, it discovered it could still lay eggs. So the hare decorated these eggs and left them as offerings to the goddess as a way of thanking her for this new life. When Christianity started to spread through Europe, they discovered that they could not stop the former pagans from using the egg as a symbol of this festival. So instead, they embraced it. Instead of decorating eggs for a pagan goddess, the decorated eggs were to be given to each other as a symbol of Jesus' rebirth after the crucifixion. The idea of hiding eggs and going out to find them was said to symbolize the disciples finding the risen Christ in the tomb on Easter morning. The festival took on a new meaning with Christianity as it not only comes after the end of winter and the start of spring but also marks the end of Lent, the time of fasting and strict rules. During the 40 days of Lent, eggs are forbidden to be eaten so any eggs that were laid during this time were hard-boiled and kept until Easter, the time where eggs were allowed to be consumed again. The eggs that were laid first had probably gone off by then, so these were the eggs that were decorated and used as gifts. Even royalty would take part in this tradition. In 1290, the accounts of King Edward I show that he spent a small fortune on Easter eggs, having 450 of them decorated 
with gold leaf. The giving of eggs is not the only tradition that grew around Easter time. During the Middle Ages, Easter Monday was called Hock Monday. It was custom for young women to capture young men in the village and then hold them hostage until a ransom was paid. The ransom took the form of a donation to the church. Both King Edward I and King Edward II were caught up in this tradition and were tied to their beds by their respective Queen's ladies-in-waiting until a donation was made to the church. I don't think such a practice would be looked favourably on today. Edward I also started a tradition that continues to this very day. The Thursday before Good Friday is called Maundy Thursday and Edward I decided that this would be the ideal time to give to the poor. Taking inspiration from Jesus himself, the king would wash the feet of the poor. As this proved extremely popular and allowed the king to be seen to be charitable towards his people, this was carried on with successive monarchs. When Henry IV became king, he introduced a new tradition, deciding to give the same number of gifts as his age. So for instance, when the monarch was 40, he gave 40 of his subjects Maundy gifts. It became the custom for the sovereign to perform the ceremony, and the event became known as the Royal Maundy. The image of King Henry VIII and even Queen Elizabeth I washing the feet of the poor is not one that most people would think of, but as monarch they both did their duty on Maundy Thursday. The last monarch to wash the feet of the poor was King James VII of Scotland and the Second of England, who was overthrown by his daughter and son-in-law Mary II and William III in 1688. After that, the monarch would just give gifts of food and clothing. The king and queen would give the gifts of clothes to the highest courtiers, otherwise known as their favourites. In return, these courtiers would give clothes to the next line down and so on the whole court being given hand-me-downs as gifts. By the 19th century, the tradition had changed again and the monarch simply gave people money. In 1837, the House of Commons considered eliminating the practice as the king, who was William IV, was then 71 years old and the cost was mounting up. However, that year, William IV died and the new monarch, Queen Victoria, was only 18 years old, so it was decided to keep the tradition. Today's recipients of Maundy money are elderly men and women chosen because of the Christian service they have given to the church and the community. The ceremony takes place every Maundy Thursday. There are still as many recipients as there are years in the sovereign's age which means in the second Elizabethan age, that is, a lot of people. At the ceremony, the monarch hands each recipient two leather string purses. A red purse contains ordinary coins, while a white one contains silver Maundy coins, amounting to the same number of pence as the years of the sovereign's age. The day after Maundy Thursday is Good Friday, the day that Christians consider as the day that Jesus Christ was crucified. Good Friday has been seen as a very holy day. 
It was custom for people, especially in Wales, to walk to church barefoot, so as not to disturb the earth and to remind themselves of Christ's suffering on the cross. In Tembe, West Wales, Good Friday was seen as an important holiday. No one was to work and there was to be strictly no horses or carts seen on the streets for the whole day. Children all over Wales would spend Good Friday making figures called Christ's Bed. These were figures made from reeds they had gathered up. The children would then place the figures in a quiet part of a field or pasture so it could rest peacefully. In the 1800s, as industry grew and people moved away from the countryside and stopped keeping livestock themselves, the children of Wales came up with a way to get the eggs they wanted to decorate for Easter. They would engage in what became known as egg clapping. This would involve travelling to local farms and banging on drums or simply clapping and singing in order to ask for eggs. Over the years, this became almost as popular as trick-or-treating is now, with some children returning home with over 150 eggs, some to be eaten and some to decorate for Easter gifts. Being ever superstitious here in Wales, it was known that after eating eggs, the shells had to be crushed entirely. Otherwise, witches could use the shell to gain power and cast spells over the one who had eaten it. Another superstition that grew around Good Friday, that even persists to this day, is that you should never wash your clothes on a Good Friday. The story goes that when Jesus was carrying the cross, a lady threw her dirty washing water over him. Another lady witnessed this and offered Jesus a piece of bread. In response, Jesus replied, From henceforth, blessed be the baker, and cursed be the washer. To do your laundry on Good Friday is to bring bad luck into your life, and to change your bedclothes is said to bring nightmares to you. As Christianity spread and created its own superstitions, it became known to never drive a nail into wood on Good Friday, and to not burn wood either, as this was seen as a sign of disrespect and blasphemy as Jesus was nailed to a wooden cross. In Wales, the Sunday before Easter, otherwise known as Palm Sunday, is known as Seal Ablodai, Flowering Sunday. Starting in the 19th century, Flowering Sunday was a day to attend the cemetery and decorate a loved one's grave with flowers. In Flintshire, it was also customary to decorate the inside of the church with flowers as well as the graves. Flowering Sunday became extremely popular. In 1879, for example, 10,000 people visited Cardiff Cemetery to decorate graves with flowers. This doubled to 20,000 in 1889, and then 50,000 people observed Flowering Sunday in one cemetery in 1898. It was not just Cardiff Cemetery that saw thousands of people gather. In 1906, 25,000 people decorated graves in Swansea Cemetery also. Nowadays, it is common to use artificial flowers to decorate the graves of loved ones, as these do not need to be replaced as often and can be seen as a symbol of eternal life. Easter Monday, by contrast, was a day of celebrating and revelry. It was spent playing games. 
exhibitions of strength and sports such as wrestling were observed. It marked the resumption of the pleasures of life after Lent. In Derwin, the public houses brewed a special drink called Bragod. This was a mixture of mead and spiced beer. It was then custom for the young ladies to walk to the public house and invite every man she saw along the way to the public house in order to enjoy the braggard. Before the fun could start, there was a procession up to the top of the mountain or hill in order to watch the sunrise. In Llangollen, in the Vale of Cloyd, villagers walked up to the top of Dinisbran and as the sun rose would perform three somersaults to welcome the sun. In other areas, they would take a bowl of water to the top of the hill and watch the rays of the sun dance on the water. Even though Easter is now a Christian holiday, the people of Wales especially retain their pagan practices around this time of year. Even the date of Easter, which changes every year, is dictated by the moon. Easter Sunday is always the first Sunday after the first full moon after the spring equinox. This means that Easter can be any Sunday from the 22nd of March to the 25th of April. It is no wonder, with all these pagan influences surrounding Easter, that the Easter hare managed to hop its way through the centuries. As Christianity took over this festival, the Easter hare took on a similar role as that of Santa Claus at Christmas time. The Easter Hare was a judge who decided if children had been good or bad and if they deserved special presents and eggs. In ancient times it was wrongly believed that the Hare could reproduce on its own, so the Christians identified it with the Virgin Mary. During the 18th century, German Protestants took the idea of the Easter Hare with its basket full of richly coloured eggs over to America. It is here that, either through mistranslation or miscommunication, the Easter hare became the Easter bunny we know today. Hares, of course, are bigger than bunnies, with longer hind legs and longer ears with black markings. Forty days after Easter is known as Ascension Day, the day where Jesus ascended to heaven. The day coincides with the Roman festival of streams and fountains. This idea of a day dedicated to special magical waterways carried over and after Christianity took hold, Ascension Day became the day to rededicate holy wells to the saints to renew their power of the water. People would also be very careful on this day and would be very wary of accidents as it became known as a good day for accidents to occur. Here in Wales, the miners would refuse to go down to the mine on Ascension Day for fear of an accident happening within the mine and being trapped in the darkness. It was also said that this day was another day we should not do your washing. If you did, then someone close to you would die while the clothes dried. All the superstitions around washing clothes at this time of year probably came from people fed up of doing everyone else's washing and wanted to celebrate with the village, so they said it was bad luck to do washing. It seems to have worked. Nowadays, Easter of course has become more focused on chocolate Easter eggs than walking up hills to watch the sunrise. 
Around 80 million chocolate eggs are eaten in Britain each year on Easter Sunday. With all the different types of Easter eggs coming onto the market every year, this number is only going up and up. Easter is the perfect example of how pagan practices could be rededicated to Christian saints and endure through the centuries. On the surface, Easter is a very Christian festival, remembering Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection. However, when you look deeper into the traditions of this holiday, the original pagan customs still survive. If you have your own story to share on this or any of the other topics in our podcast, please email us on darkwales at hotmail.com. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Dark Whales Tours podcast. Please be sure to share and like this episode and also follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Please be sure to listen to the other episodes of this podcast. Until next time, Diolchan Vaur, thank you very much. And of course, a very happy Easter. The Dark Whales Tours podcast is produced and delivered by Matthew Rose and Luke Alcock, owners of Dark Whales Tours.